0: of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. The economic expansion that started in July 2009 turns 10 years old next week. And it doesn't seem like anyone really cares. From the beginning, it's been called manufactured or artificial and propped up by easy money in the Fed, but it keeps going. It's like the Energizer bunny. It just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, it may be slow going, but maybe that's the reason for its longevity. It's never gotten to the point where it was unsustainable. And it's the same with the stock market. Valuations have times have been rich, but never ridiculously so, not like other periods in the past. Just think of the tech stocks in 2000 or the nifty 50 back in the early 70s. I don't see any reason why the economy can't keep meandering along at this sort of measured pace. Yes, there are things in the short term to worry about, like trade tension with China, Iran, the inverted yield curve, slowing manufacturing slower. Grow uh, global growth. There are always things to worry about. And since we are just kind of muddling through a soft patch, uh, the risk is elevated. Something we aren't anticipating could come along and knock us right into recession. So yes, there is risk. But from what I see, nothing leads me to the conclusion that we're at the end of the cycle. Let's jump to earnings. Earnings? Yeah. Earnings season doesn't kick off for a few more weeks, but we do see companies reporting their earnings all throughout the year. And one that reported last week was CarMax, symbol KMX, one that we've talked about here and one of my favorite stocks, symbol KMX, trading around $82. I tell you, I love their business. I love the way they do business. To me, buying a car has to be one of the most painful experiences that you face in life or at least it used to be. You'd go in and you haggle over the price. There would be endless trips back and forth to the sales manager. You'd be in there for days on end. You've been there, you know. CarMax has changed the landscape. There's no haggling over the price. The price is the price. You can scope out what you want online so you have a good idea of what they have in their vast inventory. You want to trade your car in? Well, they make you an offer so you can choose to sell it to them or not. And that doesn't matter if you're buying a car from them, they'll buy yours. It's just a much better experience all around. And car buyers are liking it. Earnings per share came in above expectations. They earned $1.59 per share versus the consensus of $1.49. So much better than what people were expecting. Comparable store unit growth came in at 9.5%, which was huge because the analysts were expecting only 5.6%. That was a big beat. Basically, they sold more cars, about a quarter million cars, at a pretty healthy profit, and their expenses per car fell. Really, it was just a great quarter for them all around. CarMax is a good business with plenty of room to grow. The question is, can you think about buying it now? And I think the answer is yes. At $82, I think you can buy some, but you have to do your own homework and see if it's right for you. Don't take my word for it. At $82, it's trading about 16 times this year's or about 15 times next year's earnings estimates. To put it in perspective, over the last 10 years, it's traded at about 14 times earnings on the low end and about 21 times on the top end. So today's price is closer to the bottom than it is to the top. I had a question on about my view on gold. If you got a question, you can email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. If you're concerned about the market or your portfolio, well, give us a call. The number is 301 301- Seven seven zero five two three four. Always happy to have the conversation. Anyhow, gold. Gold has been on a tear here over the last month. I've never been one of those gold bugs. I got to tell you, I think you own gold for one of two reasons: either you're speculating, or you want to have some disaster insurance tucked away. Two very different reasons here. If you want to speculate, I'm probably not going to be much help to you. Gold isn't a business. It doesn't have earnings. It doesn't really yield anything. So you're really just guessing what's going to happen globally in the short term. And your guess is probably as good as mine. Now, if you want it for your disaster insurance, then yes, I'm not opposed to owning some gold or even silver here for that matter. I prefer to have bullion or coins than one of the various publicly traded securities. And the the reason is pretty simple. Some, or well, most, but not all, but most of the funds invest in things like future contracts and options, and they don't actually own physical gold. A couple do. If you own one of those funds, then you have counterparty risk. Meaning if the you-know-what hits the fan, Your counterparty may not be around to pay you off. And so much for your disaster insurance. That's why I prefer to own the coins or bullion because it's my disaster insurance. I don't have to worry if someone's going to be there to pay me off. Plus, you don't have to pay someone like an advisor to babysit your gold. Let's spend the rest of our time today talking about my top five buys now, as of today may not be the same tomorrow, but for today, I have five of them for you and we'll do these pretty quick. We just don't have enough time to do a complete drill down on each of them. But one of my goals in doing this show is to give you ideas, ideas that you can take away and do your research on and see if they're right for you. And I've already given you one, CarMax. Like I said, it's around $82. So since I'm cheap, let's just stay with buying it at Under $82. Good company with a long runway for growth. That's KMX. The second one would be Berkshire Hathaway, and we buy the B shares. It's symbol B R K B. If you've listened for any length of time, you know that I'm a Warren Buffett Berkshire Homer. This is a core stock that I'm willing to buy at almost any time because my anticipated holding period is for years. If I'm holding it for 10 years, it's probably not going to matter a whole lot if I buy it for a dollar or two cheaper now. Berkshire is just just a wonderful collection of publicly traded companies and privately held businesses. When you do your research, you'll see that they've had phenomenal growth, a phenomenal track record, outpacing the S&P by about 10% per year for the last 50 years no, that's not a mistake. It's been that good. Chances are they're not going to do that going forward because they're much bigger. And the bigger you are, the tougher it gets. Now, with that said, I do think Berkshire has a narrower range of outcomes versus your average stock, meaning I'd be surprised if it grew more than 10% on average over the next 10 years. But I'd also be really surprised if it didn't grow at least 7% a year over the next 10 years at about $207, which is where it's trading now, it's about 1.3 times value lines estimate of book value, which I think is reasonable. If I was allowed to only, or if I was only allowed to own one stock and one stock only, this would be it for me. at t would be third on the list. I've talked about the fundamentals of the business over the last couple of months. There are investors who are so focused on outperforming the market when the market is going up, and when the market goes down, they tell themselves, well, everything is going down. I'm not going to worry about it. I like a few things in my portfolio that may not participate as much on the upside, but don't nearly fully participate on the downside. In other words, I'm willing to sacrifice some upside if I outperform, or if I think I'm going to outperform when the market is falling. With AT&T symbol T, which is trading at about $32, I think I'm getting some good downside protection here, and I'm getting it in two ways. First is the dividend. If I buy it, I'm getting about a six and a quarter percent dividend. That's pretty nice. You won't find many like that. I think the dividend will help cushion the downside should something go wrong. The second cushion would be the multiple that it's trading at. Right now, it's changing hands at about eight or nine times earnings, which is really cheap compared to the past 10 or 15 years. So I have a relatively high-yielding stock that's trading inexpensively. This isn't a great growth story by any means, but if I'm getting a 6% dividend, and they grow at, say, 4 or 5% a year, you put those two together, and that's a pretty darn good total return. I'll add some here at 32. UNH, United Healthcare, is another one I've talked about here over the last couple of months. You can go back and listen to those shows to get a better feel for the company and the business, but I think this healthcare company is a buy under $250 a share. They have a great balance sheet, Their earnings are relatively predictable and ValueLine gives them a one for safety. That's the highest mark you can get from ValueLine. So UNH would be number four on my shopping list. And then the last one on the five to buy list would be Regeneron, symbol R-E-G-N. This is one I've only mentioned on a couple of occasions. I don't think I've ever really gone into it in great detail, but it's a smaller biotech company. And I think you only own this If you already have a high-quality drug stock in your portfolio, just don't own this one on your own. No, 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 no. You own it alongside a Johnson and Johnson or a Merck, or preferably you have both, because this is a riskier type investment. It's gone from 300 to 400 back down to 300, which is where I think you can buy some of it now. The reason it's come down is because they're forecasting somewhat lower revenues than what was previously anticipated. And most most of that stems from higher operating costs associated with some clinical trials. Now, with drug stocks and the biotechs, investors are usually going to value you on your pipeline. Today, Regeneron has 20 product candidates at different stages, and five of these 20 are already commercially available they're just looking to broaden their use. So the pri- pipeline looks promising. They generate a good amount of free cash flow which I love. Their balance sheet looks to be in great shape and balance sheets are important and they aren't terribly expensive. If you adjust for the elevated cost of bringing a few new drugs to market over the last couple of years, well, I think it's pretty darn cheap. That's symbol REGN. Okay. That's the five to buy. Do your own research. I need to get out of here. We'll be back in two weeks because next week is the 4th of July. So everyone have a safe, happy holiday. Enjoy, get out there, have some, have some fun. We'll see you in two weeks. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. Okay. You've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show. Well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification,